station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, uh, movie champion, Melissa Kersher. Hello! And movie, I guess, kind of runner-up, <laughs> Jenny Young. Hi there! Jenny Young uh, is here, of course, as always, to provide us with the perspective of the noob who has never seen this movie before. Spelled with zeros. Yes, yes. Now, Ooh. typically, Jenna does not know very much about the movies that we are about to watch. However, this particular movie, I'm guessing, she knows a lot more than usual. So, Jenna, we're going to watch House of Wax. House of Wax. And what do you know about House of Wax? I know that it is a remake of the Mystery of the Wax Museum. That is true, as we mentioned when we watched Mystery of the Wax Museum just a month ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that you mentioned uh, who was performing in it, but I just came back from a trip to Duluth, and my brain is super foggy, and I can't remember. Oh, anything. wow. Yeah, because Duluth is cold, and it makes your brain go go super foggy, apparently. <laughs> Goes numb. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, the, the wind chill today is negative 38 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so for those of you unnatural. who are listening to us that don't live in Minnesota... <laughs> Suck it. Um. <laughs> that, that is two degrees away from the point where Celsius and Fahrenheit are exactly the same. <laughs> oh. That's some trivia you can use later. Uh, so uh, you're right. You're right. House of Wax yeah. is based on Mystery of the Wax Museum. Do you, and so I, I would assume since you've seen Mystery of the Wax Museum, you have some maybe maybe guess at the plot structure. There, of there, House of Wax. There is, there is, there is a wax artist that that gets horribly dif- disfigured, and and yeah. Spoilers. All what? right, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the this is um I mentioned this on the episode about mystery of the wax museum, but Melissa and I uh, got together with our friend Chris to watch. Uh, the thing from another world, which is the the nineteen fifties version of the thing that yeah. John Carpenter's the thing, which we watched, uh, and then we watched House of Wax, and on the House of Wax DVD was this other movie called Mystery of the Wax Museum, and we all thought, wow, that's really interesting. Let's take a look at this movie, and we all really liked it. But of course, the first thing we had done was watch. House of Wax. So it seems only fair that since we subjected you to mystery in a good way, it was a good mm-hmm. thing. It was a good subjection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that we should should watch House of Wax since the whole reason we even got to see Mystery of the Wax Museum was because of House of Wax. Also, House of Wax is a lot of fun. And it's uh, I've got a story about this movie that I will tell save for after we watch mm-hmm. the film, and it's not it's not anything spectacular, but it's an interesting anecdote uh, about about how I learned about House of Wax and and what I knew about it before I went in to watch the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actor that you can't remember, uh, we'll just we'll just spoil it right now. It's Vincent Price. Yes, that our, one. <laughs> our good buddy Vincent Price, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, again, uh, my my long time phrase when it comes to Vincent Price and and other actors, but specifically Vincent Price's. There's no no movie with Vincent Price in it that could not be made better by the addition of more Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Because he's just kind of awesome. Yeah, if, because <laughs> Vincent Price. Yeah, if, if this movie has anything on Mystery of the Wax Museum, it's Vincent Price. <laughs> yeah. That's pre- I mean, that's yeah. pretty much what we all kind of concluded. It was like, we all really loved Mystery of the Wax Museum and the Vincent Price role is not bad. Mm-hmm. But once you see it played by Vincent Price, it's hard to go back yeah. to not Vincent Price. Yeah, there's Lionel Atwell, and then there's Vincent Price. Yeah. 
Uh, the other thing yeah. that is important to know about this movie, because we aren't going to be able to watch it in that way, is this movie was made in the... There, there, there have been several 3D booms yeah. throughout the history of filmmaking. This was kind of the first... 3D boom. Oh. It, it wasn't just the first 3D boom. This was the first major American movie to be filmed in 3D. Boom. Yeah. There you go. And so it, it's one of the few that actually made money too. So this is <laughs> so House of Wax was made as a 3D film. And we're, when we're watching it, there are a couple of scenes, and one in particular that will make yeah. this extremely obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it's like this is in 3D. <laughs> Look, it's in 3D. So did. did do you remember this is in 3D? <laughs> really, it's in 3D. <laughs> so that's something to look for when you're when you're watching this film. Yeah, that uh, it is a it is made to be viewed with 3D glasses, which uh, we will not have. So perhaps our listeners will go out and acquire 3D glasses and mm-hmm. watch this film in the 3D setting, which I imagine now exists, mm-hmm. and you will think it's awesome in 3D. But we will have to just imagine. Yeah. The three dimensions. I have seen it in 3D. It, it is pretty fun. Yeah. But, you know. Are there any... Yeah. Can you think of anything else we should be sharing about this film before we just go ahead and watch it, Melissa? No, I think we should just go ahead yeah. and watch it. There are, there are some little treats along the way. There are some actors to watch for, but, you yeah. know, it's fun to see them pop up and... Yeah, so yeah, we'll... Fun for yourself. We'll talk about all that after the movie. We're going to go watch it now, as you should do as well because this is that's kind of the idea behind the podcast we talk about the movie for then everybody including our listeners goes and watches the film and then we all come back and you listen to us talk about it and pound your fist on the table and talk about how wrong we are so that's that's the great thing about this podcast and uh we'll be back in a little bit We're back and we're in 3D. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh this, this podcast is in 3D. 3D. It's uh, uh, podcast can't. Never mind. Shut up. All right. <laughs> okay. So, we, we can record in stereo. So, there yeah, we go. That'll that. be the same. Like so, audio doesn't work visually. So we watched on acid. We watched House of Wax, and yeah, there. You know, so uh, this uh, Jenna, what did yes. you think of House of Wax? Um, well, it was definitely made for 3D. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were honestly the only thing I liked better about it than uh, the mystery of the wax museum was Vincent Price. Yeah. yeah. And I loved Vincent Price because he's oh so God. Vincent Pricey. Yes. But the female character drove me batty. Yeah. She yeah, is yeah. such a victim. In the original one, she's all like, I'm investigating and derp 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 and I'm yeah. on top of all of this. And in this I one, am, she's like, I'm gainfully employed. Oh, and yeah. I just have this intuition. And I'm like, what the fuck? Well, we're police, ma'am. We don't operate on we intuition. We don't operate on intuition. We operate on fact. Like, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, shit. So, yeah. No, I I very strongly disliked the, the female lead. I, that's not true. Uh... Comparatively, I very strongly disliked the female yeah. lead. Yeah, she just um, didn't really have much. I, to do. The actress yeah, isn't if bad. I had it's just, just it was, it oh yeah, it was yeah. a is a where, very well played, competent victim. Yeah. Um, she was good at being a victim. Yeah. Well, a competent victim. She she yeah. definitely had moments of you know oh I'm not this, the the um, 
you know, like kind of has her head together kind of thing. You know, she's mm-hmm. struggling through and fighting the good fight, but all of these awful things happen to her. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she doesn't have much control over it because she's a skirt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which, which is oh, really kind God. of sad because the actress playing that character, uh, Phyllis Kirk, was actually kind of a real-life badass. She uh, she was an outspoken liberal and, and feminist. Nice. And, uh, like, uh, in the wake of the Watts race riots, she started up a... Uh, preschool for poor families and rented in Los Angeles oh. and she worked with the ACLU against capital punishment and that that work actually essentially ruined her acting career oh. because she was literally going in and testifying in front of like congressional committees defending essentially defending the lives of you know rapists and murderers so wow. you know trying to end capital punishment sure but uh the uh, another interesting thing is uh, she was actually on tv as nora charles from the thin man nice. she, she played in the tv version of the thin man she, the TV was, she series. was the myrna loy character yeah, she was the myrna loy character she was nora charles in this yeah. film she was just a skirt yeah she was yeah. just a skirt ah, i don't listen oh, to those yeah. skirts those skirts don't know nothing Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so that was dre- another thing. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of the skirts, uh, the the other woman, the, the blonde woman who became Joan of Arc, did, oh, did you re- did you recognize her? She looked familiar. She's oh. Morticia from the Adams Family. Oh my god, that's fantastic! <laughs> yeah, and, and Carolyn Jones. Oh my god, that is a fantastic portrayal of yeah. one of the most annoying character voices I've wasn't, ever heard. Wasn't she just great? And, you know, you could tell she was just playing it to the hilt. But yeah, she was. Yeah, but unless you're oh told it's Morticia god. from the Adams Family, it takes a while. Yeah. Legend oh, to who that wow. is. And there's there's another actor in there that we have seen in other. Movies, multiple movies, multiple movies that we have done on this podcast. Not, yeah. not just, um, not just Vincent Price. Not just Vincent Price. Not just Vincent Price. Yeah, we, we, we had Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson, the, the, the Igor guy, the, the mute. Yes. The mute. Yeah, yeah yes. we saw him in Magnificent Seven. We saw him in The Dirty Dozen. Yeah, um, and you know, of course, Death Wish movies and all that fun. We stuff. haven't seen him in those yet. Yeah, but, we haven't seen him in those yet. But, but he, yeah. and, and in this movie, this is clearly early in his career. He's got the well, the can't speak role. Yeah, um, or very early in his career, he'd only started in movies like two or three years prior to this, and he'd been in a lot of movies. He was just kind of being cast in bit parts. But early in his career, in terms of Charles Bronson, means he was like. T- 32 or 33 years old. He didn't actually start becoming star material into his 40s, which is kind wow. of unusual uh, for yeah. an actor in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, the uh now the police chief, the actor, I'm trying to remember where I've seen him before. Did you look him up? Oh, I didn't uh, look up the police chief. So. Cuz I'm pretty uh. sure I've seen him on television oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, there were a bunch of television actors. Uh the yeah. guy playing the boyfriend, um oh, I've got to look at his name. Uh Pick- Paul Picarney. Uh, he played Lee Hobson in The Untouchables. He was in like 90 episodes of The Untouchables. Wow. Yeah. But I know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. sorry, I'm thinking of a different Untouchables right now. But <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh. Yeah, also, uh, Leon, the guy who played the alcoholic, you know, now, now we can't have heroin addiction in movies. He's now an he, alcoholic. He can be an alcoholic. Yeah. That's all right. You yeah. Can... Leon was Nedrick Young, who um, could not be credited in the movie because he was blacklisted during the wow. Red Scare. He was a victim of the Mac- McCarthy era. Yeah. Ooh. So he, they kind of snuck him into the film just by not crediting him. Poor oh, guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, the I, the thing the thing that I love about this movie is you know it, it, it's a very nice you know fifties horror yarn. It's got it's got oh, yeah. uh, Vincent Price in there. The storyline is almost identical to Mystery of the Wax Museum. I mean, mm-hmm. it, like to the point that the the finale is is almost shot for shot in yeah, some ways. And that cellar area looked very similar to yeah. the one that yeah. they had. And, yeah, it, like, it didn't have that that lovely German expressionist gloss. Yeah. On it. But yeah, it had more still. of a medieval torture kind of feel. But, but, which, you know, given it was Vincent Price, that was kind of fitting. <laughs> sure. yeah, but what I, I love it. about it is the way in the middle of the movie every now and again, there's a 3D moment. You, yes. Know? Yes. <laughs> you come out of the intermission and then the paddle ball dude paddle comes balls. out. And then, oh, my God. <laughs> and looking straight at the camera. Paddle ball in your face, paddle ball. I'm gonna knock that. <laughs> I'm gonna knock that out, out of your lap. Oh, oh. And then we're gonna oh. have a bunch of ladies doing the can can. And it's wacky. Because it do- oh, and it doesn't make God. any sense. But let's go in really close so their legs can be right in your face, <laughs> face legs and, and butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, it, oh, it's hilarious. And it's yeah. it's this 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 combination of. Uh, we're going to tell an interesting horror story with gimmick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I mean, yeah, for it, that, it actually works fairly well. There's there's yeah. a little bit of bump. Yeah, in, there, in there's a those, there's those kind of a spots car- that they kind of smushed in. Yeah, but there's kind of a carnival atmosphere to this to this. Well, movie. Yeah. if you got a pedal ball guy, then there's yeah. definitely a carnival. Oh well, yeah. I remember um, House of Wax. The story I was going to tell is that back in the '80s, and Melissa remembers this too. There was a there was a film that I remember the '80s. Channel Nine, yeah, <laughs> the Channel Nine would show every year. Which was what was a gorilla at large? Gorilla at large, which is a, a yeah. real you know in the yeah. in the nineteen fifties three D craze. This was which, which lasted all of three years. Yeah, nineteen fifty two to nineteen fifty five. Everybody was making three D movies. They expected and it like even Hitchcock yeah. was made a, made a three D movie. Yeah, appearance. Dial in for murder. Yeah, so. They do this 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 gorilla at large probably because it was public domain, so they could show it as many times as they wanted. because yeah. it's awful. Yeah. Uh, but it was in 3D, and you could go to like the local, you know, before the only thing they had were Super Americas. You could go to your local corner store, and they would have 3D glasses that Channel Nine had there, and I think you could get them free with a purchase or something like that. And I remember getting set up as a family to watch this one year. My dad talked about seeing House of Wax in the theater, mm-hmm. and he talked about how. You know, this was the first time that he'd ever seen anything like this. And he talked about the fire at the beginning of the movie and how the waxworks just seemed to be falling into the audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you when you hear that, when you hear that experience of watching the movie and 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 uh, you kind of want to have the same experience because that that sounds kind of really fucking cool. Mm -hmm. And the problem is I, I can't see 3D. (laughs) <laughs> I, I've, I've got astigmatism in one of my eyes and uh, it is enough that anything that involves an item coming out of the screen at you uh, to me looks like two separate and very distinct images mm-hmm. I don't I don't see sure. I don't get the feeling of that thing coming into the audience you know huh. the idea of audiences ducking when something comes in in, in out of the screen to me oh. is just like. Yeah. That's that's alien to me. There's yeah. there's nothing there's nothing about it. And so having my dad describe this experience, and I'm like, bummer. Can't, well, that's the thing that'll never happen to me. Can't well, see that. Well, beyond that, too, uh, the gorilla at large. This was on Channel Nine, folks, uh, yep. in in the Twin Cities. Uh, but yeah, the gorilla at large. Uh, they they broadcasted in the red green. 
uh, uh, format of 3D. Sure. You know, you, yeah. you, you, yeah. when you think of 3D, generally these days, you you know, aside from the new you know polarized process, you know, you think of the old red green glasses, and that's how yep. they they did them in it, they broadcast it on television, and it was it was crappy. It just didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess it, you know, it was a, a crappy bro- it's the, television it's the broadcast. 80s. Yeah. The biggest TV anybody had in their house was maybe like a twenty inch. You know, yeah. unless you so were super rich. So it's just like rich. a little toy Godzilla coming. Yeah, it was out a little like oh, yeah, just look kinda, at you. It just kind of <laughs> gave you a headache after thirty minutes. Now uh-huh. what, what the what the funny thing is, is that originally in the the original 3D process, like used on House of Wax and other movies of that era, was actually a polarized. Uh, they had gray polarized lenses, much like you have today. Um, the the process um, for screening it in a movie theater, however, you know, uh, involved taking basically taking two projectors side by side uh-huh. and then timing them together so the the images pop up at the exact same time oh, on wow. the screen, and then you have a sec. Uh, a special screen as well to you know reflect the to images reflect back. it, Ooh, and then you've got the, the glasses help yeah. basically your eyes get fooled by the glasses. And yeah, you know the yeah, thing that's interesting about the red green glasses is they well well it was well, the, the, well the re- the reason they went to the red green glasses after that is because that way you can show the film off of one negative with the red green separations offset right and you don't need a special projector you don't need a special screen you just need those it's more cost effective it's so far more cost effective it doesn't work nearly as well the other thing but about it does that, work the other so thing it's about the that, generic brand of it, 3d yeah it was it was the cheap generic knockoff the other thing about that yeah. red green process and this was another thing that you know my dad was talking about in the 80s okay so it's polarized when they when they show it in the theaters but then mm-hmm. then they go to this red green process my dad was colorblind oh god so as soon as they go to the red green process the 3d doesn't work for shit for, <laughs> for him oh so you're, you're both screwed yeah so anyway, the, the wick family is doomed that we were doomed we could not see 3d no it's like like those magic eye posters yeah i've never once seen a th- fucking thing in one of those oh I'm really good posters. at those no can't see it at all uh, they're reversed for me they they pop inward what? when they should pop out really yeah. I don't know well, I don't even know what that means I don't know <laughs> I don't know what it means okay because okay. I can't see them I I have I have an interesting piece of trivia about this okay, okay. Andre de Toth the director of this movie yeah Lost one of his eyes in a childhood accident. And couldn't also could not see. Of course. Me. <laughs> <laughs> the director of this movie had zero concept of stereo vision. <laughs> oh my goodness! So he'd be watching the dailies, and everybody be ooh ah, and he'd be like, "What's the big deal?" We have no idea. He'd be like, 3D! 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 I'm told this works. The paddle ball's coming straight in our face! <laughs> oh my god. Uh, another, another interesting thing about it, um, the, the 3D wasn't the only gimmick on this movie. This is one of the early movies with stereophonic sound. Ooh. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, the stereophonic track no longer exists for the movie, mm. um, which is a bummer, but um, back at that time, you also needed... You know, special equipment to play stereo, sure. and and so it was it was all around a, a big big technological gimmick movie. And of course, the technological gimmicks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the technological gimmicks are always the movies fighting back against television. Oh yeah, because television is taking their business. So you got to find mm-hmm. a way to make the movies more interesting. That's why you go to the wider screen. 
mm-hmm. format. So it's not format the same as a television screen. But it's also why they're doing things like 3D. And it's why 3D keeps coming back, I think. Yeah. You know, because 3D came back in the 80s. That's why they started showing Gorilla at Large on Channel yeah. 9 because in the 80s we get things like Jaws 3D oh yeah and, um, and Coming At You which may be the greatest 3D film of all time <laughs> what it, okay 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 brief aside there is this movie called Coming At You which it it came about because there were a bunch of film technicians and a bunch of stuntmen that said hey let's just make a movie that's all just 3D gimmicks the entire thing it's this western and shot for shot, it's the most beautiful 3D you've ever seen because it, it, this is a movie made by f- people who know cameras really well. And so they're doing this super deep focus stuff, but it's also every single shot is a gimmick. Like, I'm going to pour a bowl of peas right at the camera. I'm going to stick this thing of corn right at the camera. Here's a naked baby butt. Stick it right at the camera. Here's a bat. Flap it into the camera. And... And stuntmen, and there's like explosions and people, you know, falling off balconies and crap. It's it's amazing. <laughs> it's completely <laughs> self-aware. It, it may be uh. the only 3D film that is truly worth its salt because it, <laughs> that is all it is, and that is all it intends to be. <laughs> That's beautiful. If you can ever see coming right. at you in 3D, we'll that find is a way to make this to happen. See. That is we'll something find a way to, see. to make this happen. So we are now in the midst of the longest of any of the 3D crazes as they've they've refined yeah. the process. I still think it's it's unnecessary. Uh, <laughs> you would. <laughs> but but uh, well, I I think it's unnecessary even when I even though sure. I can see depth. Yeah. So there, like yeah. Coraline, uh, is a fine film. It's a 3D, and when it came out with 3D, all of the 3D was depth. They didn't take anything off the screen, so I can yeah. see depth into the screen. What I can't perceive is the stuff that comes yeah. off the front okay. edge of the screen. So I could completely perceive that 3D, and it was cool. But I don't feel the film was generally made better. Right by 3D, um, but it is all about being a gimmick. Get people in to see the movie. Mm-hmm. That's stereophonic sound as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you can get a TV at home. Pretty much any TV you can get for your home, you can get it'll it'll do 3D if mm-hmm. you want it to. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So the, the, you're always wondering what's the theater going to do? What what are movie producers going to do for the next big thing? And that's. Feel around. I was gonna say smell a vision. <laughs> smell a vision. It's been done. <laughs> it has been done. Has that was a week? that was a William Castle bit, I believe. Oh yeah. my god. And so yeah, that, that's the same director who'd wire <laughs> chairs to like shock people, like electrically shock people. What? <laughs> there was a movie called The Tingler that he made, and so the the seats in the auditorium were wired with. Get electrical shots from a little, shocks a little from just a little, not yeah, yeah not like a taser a level of shot yeah. just, a, just a little bit just a little every bit. now and again you like ah. and yeah. well castle was, the movie. <laughs> castle was kind of a master of trying to find ways to get you into the movie theater with some weird gimmick his movies weren't that great they mm-hmm. were schlock horror b yeah b movies at best but <clears throat> But he would come up with all these crazy gimmicks like the tingler and, mm-hmm. and like smellovision, where they they put smells into the theater <laughs> during certain points. Oh my god! Uh, imagine yeah. seeing blazing saddles with smellovision. Nope. But, nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. But uh, <laughs> sulfur. <laughs> so yeah. So you know, back to House of Wax. House yeah. of Wax is this big. Check it out. We're doing 3D stereophonic sound. It's the first movie that, that they do like this, and so it it's pretty popular. 
Mm-hmm. And then everything else is like Gorilla at Large, which yeah. is just terrible. Yeah. There is, um, which Melissa and I saw at, at uh, Butnamathon, a movie called Miss Sadie Thompson mm-hmm. with Rita Hayworth. And it is a drama. Yeah. In 3D. Yeah, there's no reason for it to there, be in 3D at all, except, you know, Rita <coughs> Hayworth in 3D is, you know, pretty awesome. Really. Well, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's just because it's Rita Hayworth. Because it's Rita Hayworth in 3D. But other than that, there, there's no logical reason for the film to be in 3D. Absolutely yeah. not, except what they were trying to do is make it a different experience than watching your, your home television sure. set. So that's what this era does and that's what house of wax did um but i was super fascinating as you go and nobody knows the only reason people know about house of wax is vincent price in 3d mm-hmm. nobody knows about mystery of the wax museum mm-hmm. sure because it did not have 3d but mystery <laughs> of the wax museum was one of the pioneers of early color processing yeah. so oh, nice. this uh <clears throat> this film uh this story has, mm-hmm. has, has seen technical advances in, in all of it. Sure. And I do, I remember watching the, the wax figures melt with that, that uh, color processing for the older version, and it was, it was creepier. It was. Yeah. It was pretty it was, creepy. It was, yeah, I love the... creepier with the different color. I love the look of the older film. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. There is, by the way, there is a newer version of House of Wax. More yeah, in the, 2005, more, Yeah, it's, it's in the torture porn era. Yeah. Uh, and uh, from what I understand, the thing that that has going for it is they do kill Paris Hilton. So. Oh, well, oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Um, mm. She's in the movie and she, I mean, not like literally, they don't, that, that would it's be It's not bad. a snuff film. Yeah, <laughs> not a snuff film. <laughs> not but, a snuff yeah. uh, What else do we have for trivia, Melissa? Well, um, if we're in our final thoughts, you know, I could go well, into... Well, I'm not into final about, thoughts. Not into yet, final maybe thoughts? Okay. I was wondering well, well, I do have a chunk that I could go into about Andre de Toth. Who, Please. Our, our one-eyed director. He would... <laughs> this guy was kind of amazing. So, uh, director of many, many films, including stuff like uh, The Gunfighter with uh, Gregory Peck, if I remember right. But uh, uh, House of Wax was kind of a gimmick film that he wasn't... This is a little... A bit atypical you know compared to his usual work he was actually a second unit director on lawrence of arabia and and stuff like that yeah but um he he married seven times and fathered 19 children wow His, his first wife was veronica lake um, the, oh one of the blonde, great blonde bombshells mm-hmm. the, of the of early cinema, which w- is really funny when you think about it, because Veronica Lake is famous for a hairstyle which hung over one eye. So really, they were both, you know, <laughs> impaired visually. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a bunch of kids with her. Um, let's see, he. <sighs> I want to read this man's biography. Mentioning Veronica Lake makes me now want to do L.A. Confidential. But anyway. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a great movie, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, DeToth, um, he, he, I want to read his memoirs because this man, it sounds like this man is filled with stories. Like, he was in Egypt scouting for locations for a movie, and I can't remember what movie it was, but this was just after the Yom, Yom, Kippur, Yom Kippur War. Um, while he was scouting for locations, he was mistaken for Moshe Dayan uh, and interrogated and like pistol whipped and you know tortured for a little bit. But then, but then you know they they physically examined him and it you know it was obvious he wasn't Jewish. So so he was like, oh, <laughs> oh my god, 
<laughs> um, there's there's another story about him from 1934. He followed a uh, young girl to Vienna. Well, young girl, a young lady. He was interested in followed her to Vienna. Um, he wound up winds up stumbling into a Nazi coup attempt, and oh winds up getting shot. And he wakes up in the city morgue. <laughs> he broke his neck four times during his life, like scuba diving and skydiving. I don't know. You know, fighting he's, lions. I don't know. He's but still what? alive, isn't he? <laughs> no, I, no yeah. he, he finally passed away in 2002. He wow. was like 90 Like of old, old age, too, wow. right? Like, yeah, a yeah. like he actual was natural cause. No, That's he, ridiculous. He passed away at 90. He passed away in 2002 because he went bungee jumping and the cord yes. snapped. Yes. <laughs> His neck just couldn't take the fifth break. You know? <laughs> yeah, so that was... Yeah, he's, he's 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 a he's a character. He's a character. Oh, yeah, that's what we're learning. So. <laughs> I I tell uh, you, I yeah. um, they uh, I like a little bit better what they do with the 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 cr- the criminal uh partner mm-hmm. in this in this film versus Mystery of the Wax Museum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that you know he he comes off across as way way worse. Than in Mystery of the Wax Museum mm-hmm. and House of Wax, he's he's just a complete yeah. asshole. Like, oh, I can't wait three months to get my money, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna burn this place down. I'm gonna kill you, and, yeah. And you know, so when I mean, when when he gets when he gets what's coming to him, you don't really feel for him and, at all. And we get to see it because in uh, in Mystery of the Wax Museum, you don't actually see you just see him in a casket later. Isn't that right? I Am I remembering so. that correctly? We don't we don't What's see it? man. We don't see our, our disfigured uh, sculptor really get to exact his revenge <laughs> in, in in true gory detail. Sure. So. Although, that that is the one thing in, um, and I'm fairly confident this is because of the story build and not because I've seen it before, but the 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 build into the reveal that he is the same person as a grotesque person yeah it just didn't feel as well built to me yeah like i was mm-hmm. you know and it's i i knew it because i'd seen the other one but i yeah. i just it didn't it didn't feel structurally like it really built as well yeah it, well i think in general the earlier film is much more atmospheric than the sure. newer one and yeah, i think I, I think that also adds to you know the the fact that the first one was more structured as a uh, as a mystery, whereas this one's structured as, as more fifties horror. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that that's yeah. also a major difference between the two. Sure. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, final thoughts, Melissa. Um, first of all, I keep wondering uh, what happens in that museum like three months down the road when everything starts to smell and liquefy. Because um, the, the <laughs> wax, you know, sealing people yeah. in wax is not going to... It's not going to preserve the body? As, as, as proven by knockoffs of body worlds, <laughs> oh, God. The, the rotting's not pretty um, if you do that wrong. So, yeah, that... That would be kind of messy. But the other thing I, I wanted to uh, mention is, you know, because of these movies, there's this uh, kind of, you know, mini genre of horror uh, set in, you know, of horror movies set in wax museums. Most notably, <laughs> I think, most notably, I think in the 80s, there were two movies that were Waxwork and Waxwork 2 Lost in Time, which are hilarious. Um, I actually kind of love them. What? 
No, okay. So waxwork wax too, wax, lost in time. Waxwork. Okay. Waxwork. Um, the concept is David Warner runs a wax museum, and these teenagers come in, and of course you have the vignettes in the museum of you know dastardly things happening. And, sure. But it turns out these are actually portals into world where that thing is actually happening. So like there's a a werewolf scene, and you know the teenager reaches into the werewolf scene, and suddenly they're inside a werewolf movie. Uh, or, uh, you know, the teenager, another teenager goes up to the Dracula scene and suddenly they're in a Dracula movie. So it was really this big um, excuse to parody a whole bunch of horror movie styles, which is really kind of brilliant. Okay, that is yeah. fantastic. And then, and then for the sequel, they decide it's not just, you know, kind of this new reality. It's like you're traveling in time. And so, like, half of it, bizarre, half of the movie wind, winds up being like a bad ripoff of Lady Hawk. Um... <laughs> As well as the various other film parodies. Huh. Um, they're cheesy as hell. Um, they start um, Zach, what's his nose, from from Gremlins. Um, huh. They're they're hilarious, and I love them. So. I love them a lot. Wow. So anyway, anyway okay. if, if, you, if you want some lovely, cheesy 80s horror that has a lot of fun, Waxwork and Waxwork 2. All right, there you <laughs> go. Right, good, yes. good final thought. Jenna, final thought. Um... Bam. Oh, I had one. Uh, uh, now I don't have any. I had one, and I can't remember what it was. Well, it's clearly irrelevant. So I got it's... too deeply engrossed in the conversation here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my final thought is to let you know that uh, our next episode will be up on the 1st of February, and we have talked about many films and didn't decide before we started recording, so <laughs> I declare that our next movie will be The Ten Commandments. Okay. The right. Ten Commandments <laughs> is what we will watch next. You are commanding that we watch The Ten I, Commandments. I command that we watch The Ten Commandments. Okay. Uh, we're so glad that you joined us. I I hope you enjoyed uh, House of Wax in 3D <laughs> as much as we did. And uh, we hope you'll join us next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Dee, dee.